0: Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence.
1: During the Great Recession, my guest lost everything in a perfect storm of bad circumstances. Today, she's a wealth coach. My guest is Kate Phillips. Welcome to Sprinting to Success Podcast. Kate, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Esme, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Oh, awesome. Now let's get into it. So tell me about your happy childhood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, know, I warned you. Um, you told me it was yes, a happy
1: one. <laughs> I, you know, I honestly,
2: I felt guilty for a lot of years because I finally realized one day a lot of people overcome these horrendous, you know, childhoods and family issues. I had the gift of a happy childhood, and I know that is something that cannot be taken for granted. I had parents who loved me and supported me. You know, we were a middle class, upper middle class family, and um, uh, yeah, so I've had Experience since childhood with, I guess, what we would call first world problems, like, oh my gosh, we're moving and I have to change schools, (laughs) you know, things like
1: that. Right. So, are you the only child, or you have um, siblings? No, I have a
2: brother as well, who's a few years older. Yeah, and things got wacky when I when I was a teenager and the family grew apart then. But. Ooh. you know, but those early years are so important, and I think one of the things those early years gave me was really a confidence that things are going to be
1: okay <laughs> right right well it 's a good foundation right it is you start out with great family and you 're happy as a child that 's good so now, what happened as a teenager Oh boy um,
2: <laughs> well, my parents got divorced, but it wasn 't a simple divorce. My father had. Um, developed some mental illness problems, and my mother spent kind of years trying to help him and negotiate around those. Um, he he became paranoid. He uh, left the family more than once, and, you know, sometimes we wouldn't know where he was, And yeah. um, uh, and eventually, you know, he had been we knew who he, where he was eventually, but he had stopped communicating with my mother for actually years, and so she started uh, divorce proceedings. She, um, uh, she insisted that he get help, and that was kind of the end of it. When you're paranoid and somebody wants you to get help, then they become the enemy. So, right. in a nutshell, that's what happened, and that was, I guess my experience of the happy family blowing, blowing apart, but still I, you know, knew that my parents loved me, even though they weren't both functioning at a hundred percent.
1: Right. And so how did you feel when your dad left the home? Um, you know,
2: it was, it was odd. It was unnerving because I guess at first it didn't affect me once much because it just felt like oh you know he'll be back and it took really some time for it to sink in and realize that that oh my gosh you know maybe he's not coming back so it I had some time to get used to it (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: yeah yeah and then my mom included us I think something she really did right was uh eventually including you know her kids at you know age appropriate ways and just letting us know what was going on, and I think that made her feel less alone, and she wanted us to know decisions she was making, you know, and so we really operated as a family
1: right so your your mom became the husband and the wife in the family
2: yes, yes, and she I take my hat off to her because she put two kids through college on a school teacher's salary and um, wow. made it made it happen,
1: yeah. Wow. I mean, I know how you feel because um, my dad left us. A, she left a family with four, my mom had four, four children. He left the family. And, um, you know, and so that was hard because my, we lived in the ghetto. And so the income that he um, made went to another woman. He, um, he, yeah, he went to another woman down, like down the block. And, uh, and so that was really tough for my mom, you know, but my mom decided that she's not gonna stay in that area. She, she left and, and we were from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. She left Jamaica with, um, with her kids, you know, and uh, well, it, well, she left first and then brought her kids um, with, um, with her um, after. But yeah, it was just, it's really tough when you don't have a dad, you know, back then. So I'm glad your childhood was most um, happy. And I think mine was happy too, you know, even though um, he, my dad wasn't around.
2: Yeah, you
1: know, yeah yeah kids are really resilient oh for sure because sometimes they don't really know they're not supposed to be happy they don't know they're just happy laughing jumping you know playing and because uh, I know all I wanted to do was play <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know playing and I'm and, uh, and so you know so he, I knew it was gone and, and the struggle is when my mom would say you know mom you know I went down to went to to see a dad for um, you know get some money to help help us and and he said he lost his wallet. So, you know, so I could see the sadness on my mom's face. You're like, okay, I got, you know, all these kids to support. and you lost your wallet. But anyway, so let's talk about you now. (laughs) A likely story. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Lost his wallet. All right. So, uh, so tell me, uh, so then, okay. So now tell me about the time when you're as an adult, what was happening? What are some of the challenges that you had um, as an adult growing up? Yeah, you know, um,
2: the main thing I work with people on is the main thing that I experienced, you know, after having a secure childhood and um, I, I got married, got into the restaurant business for a number of years, and, um, and then later on really had some experiences with severe financial stress and had not, you know, grown up you know i grew up in a family where you you sort of had your typical language about money which is right. we can't afford it <laughs> most people <laughs> that's right yes <laughs> no matter how much your parents make almost everybody has heard that line so you know but that was pretty typical but but we didn't struggle and um And after years of being in the restaurant industry, my then husband and I, we opened up a restaurant and that was tough. I mean, it was, restaurants are tough. We owned it for several years and then, um, after we sold it, we really kind of became statistics where we had uh, the marriage and the business both blew apart at the same time. And that was my first, not my last, but my first experience with really being financially stressed. I remember um, calling an ex-employee of mine who had worked at the borrowing money to keep my lights on because I wasn't sure what I was going to do for income. It took me a number of months to create a new income. And it was, and we had all kinds of debt from the restaurant. uh, So that was a very, very stressful time. And then also I discovered one day my credit was ruined, which actually wasn't my doing, it was my ex had gone into um, bankruptcy, and some of my accounts were um, still linked to me, so my credit was showing a bankruptcy, um, although it wasn't my bankruptcy, and that was in the middle of trying to buy a house. (laughs)
1: Oh oh boy and how did how did that go to <laughs> <buying> that house?
2: <laughs> you know that was interesting because it was honestly a miracle I've had a few housing miracles I've had <laughs> three house miracles in my life, and that was the first one where um you know I was working with a mortgage guy and he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm sure we can make this happen uh you know it might not be a great rate, but I'm sure we can make it happen and you know, we had, I don't know, 45, 50 days to close the deal. And I was in the business. I was a realtor. So I felt like it was my, you know, my reputation, you know, I had to close on this house. And uh, partway into it, he called me and he said, I have tried every lender. And he said, you know, it's going to be I'm the only person I knew in my (laughs) (laughs) real estate career who took a double-digit interest rate loan. (laughs) I was refined out of it a year later, found a much better option a year later, but I took a double-digit interest loan, and I think I was planning on putting 5 or 10 percent down, and I had to put 20 percent down. It was the only way we could close it, so I had to come up with like $44,000 in wow. like 45 days.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of money in 45 days.
2: <laughs> and and literally, I mean, I had to just focus. Now, I know as, a, as an athlete, you know everything about focus. You have to focus okay. on that goal and on the finish line and you can't let yourself be distracted from anything else you can't let self-doubt sink in and I had to just stay focused and as I mentioned I was a realtor I mean you don't always have control over who's gonna buy a house or what house is gonna sell or when they're gonna close but I just kept thinking about the house and envisioning you know my furniture in the house and um, just kept you know taking actions every day towards earning more money and I had like I don't know four or five house closings that happened right before mine did so these commissions all got put into my bank account and I I remember I didn't pay any bills for like three or four weeks because I knew I knew that I needed every penny coming in and I got my commissions and the next day I went down to my bank and I took out a cashier's check for you know the 44,000 there was less than a hundred dollars left in my account. And I took my wow. cashier's check down to the escrow and I closed <laughs> on that house.
1: <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs>
2: Success. <laughs> it was, so um, yeah, that, that was, that was the first, yep. That was a housing miracle for sure. And it, you know, I sure, certainly can't guarantee. I mean, I know with athletes, you can have, 10 athletes visioning that finish line and winning Mm -hmm. and 10 of them can't win so there's no guarantee there's no guarantee that you're going to win but you've got to you've got to play the game as if you are going to
1: (laughs) exactly because you know if you think i mean when we train we train to win because if you think you're going to lose you wouldn't you wouldn't train at all (laughs) no
2: no no (laughs) <laughs> and you never know unless you try. You just you know, you have to just go for it. So I'm like I I'm, I'm going
1: for it and, and Exactly. So you were laser focused in getting that forty what forty four thousand dollars to put down on your home. Now, um, was he were you with your husband at that time or was he No, um, that that was the reason why that
2: house was so important to me is because I was divorced at that time and I was still living in the home that my ex and I had together so I had I had not only physically outgrown the home but I had emotionally outgrown the home it was time it was definitely time for a new place to live and this home that I bought, I remember just walking into it and I was instantly in love (laughs) and just (laughs) saw exactly where the furniture was going to go, you know, I thought this is my house, now we have to make it happen.
1: Right, I mean, you know, when you're walking, you have great imagination, eh? That's where the sofa's gonna sit, that's where, you know, like it's really nice and it's exciting, right? yeah you know so then uh, it's really nice that you end up with that that home so now what did the divorce do to your self confidence did it um bring you down or, or were you like happy to get rid of him <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't, don't send this link to my ex okay uh, i no. won't no he, he was <laughs> He was a good man, but it, it, it did yeah. not it did not work out. Um, yeah. It was scary. It was scary going out on my own. And, and, you know, we had a child, so I was a single mom. I mean, she also spent time with her dad. Um, but it forced me to develop confidence. You know, it forced mm. me to learn how to support myself. And so often in life, we don't know what we're capable of, you know, until we have to. So, and that was why when the restaurant ended, you know, it it was stressful because my income ended along with the marriage and along with the business. So it was a lot of things ending at once. And it, it took, you know, a number of months to find myself and Figure out what I was going to do, and and that's actually when I became a realtor, and I was a realtor for eight and a half years, and um, loved it, loved it until I didn't anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like okay, it's time to move on. And then, so what did you do after you ended um, being a realtor?
2: That was when I started my wealth coaching business. While I was mm-hmm. a realtor, I went through some transformations with money. I started you know, I just had, even though I had grown up in a very financially stable home, at least until I was a teenager, I really had the story about money that money wasn't important. And you know, when everything's provided for you, it's pretty easy to have that story. So I, you know, I just wasn't interested really in money and When I was in college, you know, I I was a a religion major and I was a musician. So I I hung out with a lot of people who we were all very suspicious of, you know, people who were taking business classes. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with these people that, you know.
1: What do they need money for anyway? Yeah,
2: what do they need money for? (laughs) And then it was really when the restaurant business collapsed that, I had to come to terms with that and and I thought right. wow some money would really come in handy about now. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and, and slowly, you know, started and I went into real estate which is a commission only job and right. there's nothing like a commission only job to, you know, bring up whatever stuff you have about money. Stress you out. <laughs> you better make friends with money. You better, you know, get your blocks out of the way and learn to welcome it into your life. So I started doing a lot of personal work around money and reading and going to workshops and different things. And, um, And then I had such transformations in my own life that I started teaching workshops. So while I was a realtor, I started hosting these these little workshops in my own living room you know I'd have oh, nice. half a dozen women come over on a Tuesday night and we would my very first one we called it um, love your money love yourself and I taught that workshop for years I did you know several oh. it would go for 12 or 13 weeks and I had several rounds um, and and I, I yeah I did that for some time interestingly enough I did that uh well i did it on the side when i was a realtor and then i went into it more full time until the great recession came around and- yes yeah, so what happened then <laughs> oh my goodness so here i am i think i've kind of got the money thing figured out you know right. i've struggled with it through my 20s and half of my 30s but now i'm like hey i'm earning six figures as a single mom. I've got money in the bank. I'm building up rental properties. That's right. You in know, a role teaching women <laughs> about, you know, prosperity and right. how to manage your money and and I bought this new home uh, by a lake. This beautiful new home with the wraparound front porch and the tire swing
1: hanging on the oak tree. Sounds lovely. Oh, it sounds delicious. The white thicket fence, you
2: know. (laughs) I'm I'm just thinking I've got it all figured out. And then the Great Recession hits. And it was this perfect storm of, you know, it was bad economy, bad timing, some bad decisions. Um, there was a uh, I had a breakup my significant my new significant other he broke up uh, he never so I was solo on the mortgage on the nice new home by the lake yeah. <laughs> which really yeah. wasn't in my budget and um, uh, my tenants had trouble paying their rent so I was playing eeny miny mo every month which mortgage right. should I pay and um Of course, all of my assets became liabilities because we saw the economy crash. My father, at the same time, he went through a health crisis, so my brother and I, he could no longer live independently. Eventually, eventually he came home to live with me, and then my own health collapsed
1: at the same time. Oh, no. (laughs) When it rains, it pours. Oh,
2: absolutely! I I mean, I remember laying in bed for a month with pneumonia, and and I was the breadwinner. You know, you can't lay in bed for a month with pneumonia, and then my rental homes. And eventually, I event probably in about eighteen months, I lost everything, including my own home. You know, I have my father, my daughter. There was me. We we were looking for a new home. And um, and I had to just like go back to the basics. And, and I became too ashamed. You know, I, I put my wealth coaching business on pause because mm, I didn't feel yeah. like I could do wealth coaching at the time.
1: Right.
2: Um, and yes. uh, ended up finding other work, really um, learned. It, it was an amazing time. It was a difficult time, but it was really amazing because I had to go back to the basics and the things I had been teaching about of how important mindset is, how important gratitude is, how important it is to take actions, even when your circumstances, you know, aren't agreeing with your vision for life. And, um, and so that's what I did. I mean, I just had to take it one day at a time. I knew that my circumstances could just change in a moment, but it took Months and months and months for circumstances to turn around. I gained a lot of empathy during that time for people who do struggle financially. And, uh, you know, I remember myself, I would get down to, you know, less than $20 in my bank account. And then wow. you have to decide, okay, I've got, you know, $13, and how much. Can I spend on food at the grocery store? How much do I need to put in the gas tank to make sure that I can pick up my daughter from school? So it was really a crazy but amazing time because I did learn to find my own worth and disconnect how I felt about myself from my circumstances I learned to argue for my own worth I learned to get really Mm. creative and I created like 12 different ways to make money in a year nice (laughs) Nice. and i learned to like trust again trust God trust the universe like wow Mm -hmm. you know I really am okay and it was um and i had i had another housing miracle which was here i was in foreclosure and i had to go find a new home to live in and convince a landlord <laughs> to rent to somebody with destroyed credit and you know i had no typical job i was still self-employed and uh so it was it was really an amazing experience of learning to believe in myself and trust in that and trust that, that that would be enough, you know, that taking the actions and, and having the mindset um, could be could be enough. And it was. Right.
1: I love that, the fact that you, um, you lost everything. And even though you lost everything, you still had that laser focus, okay, I'm going to make money. I'm going to find 12 ways to make money. <laughs> you never gave up you know and so you, you end up talking somebody to renting you a space with, uh, with lousy credit <laughs> right? oh yeah yeah you know like I mean obviously how did you do that you're obviously great at negotiation <laughs> oh yes I was you know
2: what I used this is okay if anybody's like oh my gosh how do I rent a place with with lousy credit I'm gonna give right? you the formula <laughs> I don't know okay. probably most of your <laughs> listeners don't need this formula but I I took a trick that my very first tenant taught me, my very first tenant when I rented my first house. She, um, you know, I said, you know, no pets, please. And this, and I had several people apply and the tenant I ended up renting to, she said, well, she said, I'm on a waiting list for a big dog. and And it was a special breed and she had been waiting. And she said, I'm still going to be your best your absolute best tenant and she gave me a letter like a tenant resume that explained wow. to me why she was going to be the best tenant and she's like I'll give you extra money in in a um uh what, what do you call it the deposit I'll give you extra money for a damage deposit and like, you just tell me what you need to feel good about renting to me. And she told me all of her strengths and she was an accountant, you know, she was great with money. She had perfect credit. So even though when I went to rent this house years later, found the perfect home, it was actually bigger than the one that I was had just lost in foreclosure. It was closer to my daughter's school. It had a better layout. It had a big wraparound front porch, (laughs) Wow, <laughs> a bigger Whoa. yard, like it was a fantastic house, and um uh, for almost half the price, it was totally underpriced, almost half the price of the mortgage that I had struggled to pay, and I wrote out a big letter and said. I'm going to be the perfect tenant <laughs> and nice. here's why. You know, I've been a landlord and I've owned homes for the last 14 years and yes, there's been some crazy circumstances recently. I'm going back into renting, but here's I gave her all the reasons of why she should rent to me and I nice. it was like a resume and I gave her personal references and showed her my website and here's my LinkedIn recommendations. You know, like, here's what, here's all the good things that people say about me. And I said, I know what you want as a landlord. You want somebody who's going to pay their rent on time, let you know when there's a serious problem and just kind of stay out of your hair and take care of the home. And I can do that. And, um, and I said, "You're welcome to run my credit, and here's what you'll find. <laughs> it's ugly." It's I mean, because I had ran up credit cards trying to save my house, then I bailed on the credit cards. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, yeah. you know, I ended up eventually paying paying things off. Uh, but but it 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 was a it was a long road, and uh, um, learned how to operate on cash again, which is not mm. a bad thing. Um, I you know that was actually a gift and i got the got the rental house
1: <laughs> nice and of
2: course wonderful home until i was able to to finally buy again
1: oh nice so like so tell me how you teach your clients not to worry about you know, money stress what do you do what's the first thing you tell them or teach them when they come to you and they're stressed out about money yes The
2: first thing that there's an article I have on my website at TotalWealthCoaching.com and I think the article is called the Financial Stress Quiz. I believe that's what it's called. And one of the things I'll do is, is have them take this quiz or it's something I can explain as well. There's 10 simple questions and i didn't even realize this when i first wrote the quiz cuz it's questions like you know you're rating you're ranking yourself of how stressed you are like thinking about money keeps me up at night or mm-hmm. i'm afraid for my future or i beat myself up with regrets about the past or you know worrying about money is affecting my health so it's those kinds of questions and i realized after i wrote this quiz the kind of self assessment quiz I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't ask a single question about people's money. It's all about our response to it, our response to whatever the situation is that we're going through. So I believe the first and most important step is we have to separate what's going on financially from what's going on emotionally. How are Mm. we reacting? because one of the things I learned in coaching people about finances And this was kind of a surprise to me because I coached people who earned multiple six figures and I coached people who were millionaires and they were stressed about money too. (laughs) I realized realized that financial stress operates really in similar ways. no matter who are. And the first trick is to get a hold of that, your perspective and to manage your mindset and manage your interpretations of things and when i was losing my house you know i went through you know a few weeks i'd been trying to get a mortgage uh, loan modification and i was just certain that would work and when i finally realized i don't think this is gonna work and i think maybe you know i think maybe i am gonna lose this house it was incredibly stressful. Oh my gosh, where are we going to go? And oh, you know, your stomach's in knots and you're not sleeping at night and you're all worried. We get ourselves into these really disempowered states. And finally, one day it was like this light bulb came on and I thought, well, gosh, how many times have I moved in my life? And, you know, I'd probably moved, I don't know, a dozen times as an adult. You know, you move from one apartment to the next or you own a house and you decide to buy another one. So I've moved a dozen times in my life and it doesn't need to be stressful. Normally when you move and you're not in foreclosure, you just say to yourself, oh, I have this home that's not really working for me, I'm going to choose to find another home that works better. And you go and you find that home. And so that's what I took on. I just realized, oh, this home that i happen to be losing <laughs> it's not working for me anymore <laughs> i need to go find a new home and i took the drama out of it because mm. drama doesn't help us it doesn't empower us it doesn't help us take actions and so we've got to manage our mindset first and once we can manage our mindset once we can learn to empower ourselves in the midst of huge challenges and not have it mean that, you know, something. Oh my God! You know, the greedy bankers are ruining the whole world, <laughs> which maybe they are. You know, <laughs> or not have it be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be homeless. You know, and yeah. okay, maybe maybe I am, but I, as it turns out, I, I wasn't. And um, and once we manage the mindset, then we can take the steps to start putting our finances in order but the mistake people make is they think somehow they have to be stressed about money until the money situation changes and it's actually the opposite we need to learn to reduce our stress first and then we can go handle the problems better
1: right when somebody is poor you know why they come to you but somebody who's rich No, why would they come to you if they're rich?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, as a wealth coach, there's all kinds of reasons why you would hire a wealth coach. Um, Sometimes it's for decisions, you know. I am not somebody who uh, takes commissions. So sometimes to get that point of view from somebody who's not trying to sell you a financial product, Uh, but I will also say a couple of the millionaires who hired me it was in you know when the Great Recession was first going down because when you have I'm gonna make up numbers here if you have five million dollars and then a year later you've got two and a half million that's stressful I mean you may be kind of you get used to whatever your comfort zone is and you know When our money, when we see our income stop or our investments collapse, it feels like our survival is at stake because we associate money so closely with survival. And sometimes we have to just like learn to breathe and go, wow, I'm okay. I'm okay right now. I'm alive. There's food in my stomach.
1: (laughs) There's a roof over my head and I'm actually good right so so how do you decrease stress in your life oh i love walks i love nature
2: um i love and this is something i've only done really for about a year and a half i love yoga i go to yoga class at least pretty much at least three times a week that has made me more patient um and it And it's lowered my my stress. Uh, I love music as well. If I find that I'm in a funk, I know I need to put on some music and dance, or I need to get outside and go for a walk. you know nice. if if you don't like the mindset you're in you've and I know the triggers are different for everybody, but you have nice. to learn what empowers you and you have to take those actions and a lot of them are preventative you know um if you don't eat well if you don't sleep well if you're downing you know five double lattes a day it's gonna be really hard to feel calm and peaceful (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's so true so self-care self-care is a huge piece of it but then also learning to interrupt the pattern when we find ourselves you know if you're in whatever drama panic whatever we've got to interrupt those patterns and replace those thoughts or replace that energy with something that is more empowering
1: right definitely you have to make sure that you you exercise and make sure that you keep your mind sharp keep your mind positive you know, and that is really good to, for any, any advice, uh, you know, so, cause I mean, what I know when I get stressed, it's like, okay. Um, first of all, I get changed my thinking, you know, because yeah, as you said, it starts in the mind, it's a mindset, no matter what you're doing. And so after I, I you know, get my mind straight saying, yes, as me be positive. <laughs> then the, the next thing is, the next thing for me is time to exercise <laughs> your burnout, <down> some stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: emotions, I, believe it stands for, at least I've heard it, energy in motion. So sometimes we have to just move that energy through our bodies.
1: Yes, yes. So Kate, what would you like to share with our audience today?
2: gratitude is one thing for sure is having a gratitude practice it is not just for Thanksgiving it is something for absolutely every day having a vision that pulls us forward of what it is that we want I actually have a and I'll just go through it incredibly quickly of kind of a four pillars of wealth thing which is the maps acronym m-a-p-s and it's mindset and i've already talked about how important how critical mindset is a is action you know it's looking for what is when you feel overwhelmed when you want to change anything your money or anything in your life what's an action step that I could be taking? And if right. it feels overwhelming, you chunk it down, you know, to the little actions uh, to move up to the, the bigger ones. Uh, the P is for plan, you know, what's the strategy that we have? Sometimes we have strategies that don't work very well. And I think Wall Street sometimes gets us into financial strategies. But you know, Wall Street would like us to put all of our money in the stock market and just let it ride and that's you know that's a recipe for a lot of financial stress when your money is not under your control so I'm not at all anti-stocks but I think it's a mistake to have you know all of your money in in any basket but especially in a basket that you cannot control so um, you know one good action or strategy piece is buffering up that emergency fund, having more cash that is under your control and is liquid. And then the S stands for support. So looking for support, whether it's through a coach, whether it's through a program or a mastermind group or friends, or, you know, it could even be from a professional from a therapist or, or something else, but finding the support you need and not being afraid to admit when you need support. We all need support. Right. And I, as you say, on your website, you know, nobody gets to the Olympics without coaching, you know?
1: Exactly.
2: So it just benefits us so much to have that support.
1: It does. And, and Kate, I know that you're a very successful person, but what is it that you're struggling with now? oh wow what am i struggling with now
2: hmm oh you know what okay honestly my morning routine i yesterday i was like you know i've gotten lazy with my morning routine and i i um and part of it came out of a gratitude challenge that i did i got i was really focusing on gratitude which is wonderful Um. But I stopped really focusing on, oh, what is it that I'm creating in life? And um, and I'm realizing I need to revamp, you know, I need to do journaling in the morning, not just gratitude journaling, but journaling around the things that I'm creating and, um, yeah, and, and aiming just, you know, getting out and exercising in the morning because yeah. especially now that it's dark. We were, you know, we're doing this interview here in December, and it's very dark early now. And that can affect your mindset and kind of, you know, I felt a little lazy recently. And I'm like, wow, you know, it, it just means I need to put some, put some new things in place and make sure that my morning routine is preparing me mentally and physically and energetically for the day. And I've, I've let it slip a little
1: bit. <laughs> right. So now, so now Katie, you have to go back to being laser focused.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Your morning routine, because you can do it.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I know, I know that I, that I can. And, and, you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, recognizing like, oh, wow, i I've, yeah, what it is that we need to work on.
1: Oh, perfect. So Kate, thank you so much for joining us today in Sprinting to Success podcast. To learn more about Kate, go to esmelawrence.com. Thank you, Esme. This
2: was such a pleasure. And once again, I'm Kate Phillips with Total Wealth Coaching. I help people free themselves from financial stress and I am
1: Sprinting to Success with Esme Lawrence Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast. Thank you and have an amazing day.
0: Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.